When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Cool. So, hi, Guillaume. Um, thanks for coming on. Thank you, James. Uh, so, I'm speaking to you ahead of the launch of Brave New World in Spain, or Un Mundo Nuevo, I think it's called here. Um, but, I mean, first of all, I just want to say thank you for writing this book. Um, I'm a massive Spurs fan, obviously, and I know all my friends who have read it just thought it was an incredibly detailed insight into the, the inner workings, not just of the man Maurizio, but of the club. And it was like a real privilege to be able to get that level of, of detail. So just want to kick off saying thanks. Awesome book. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So I, I think the story of the origin of this book has sort of been covered in other interviews you've done in sort of October, November last year. Um, there's actually a particularly good one you did, I think, with Dan Kilpatrick on the Tottenham Way. So people are interested, go and listen to that because it was brilliant. So I'm not going to rehash the origin of the book like it's some sort of Marvel movie reboot or anything. Uh, I'm actually more interested in, in the aftermath of what happened. So after it came out, did the book, did it do as well as you'd hoped? Much, 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 much better. And that was the uh, that was a bit of a surprise for everybody, I think, involved uh, for different reasons. The publishers, uh, this is the first book that I've done with them, uh, which didn't, didn't have like an international slant for from the beginning. So, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've done a book on uh, Rafa Benitez and Istanbul, and there was the Champions League uh, final. Uh, then Pep Guardiola, Messi, Ronaldo. So. The expectations of those books were uh, that they will be sold mostly abroad, but also in the UK. Uh, with uh, Pochettino was the first one uh, in which the targets was basically uh, UK UK readership. But uh, a series of things happened to the book that uh, that meant that that it had uh, the biggest repercussion of any of my books, to be honest. Starting by the fact that um, that the Pochettino was very open, and, and so was everybody else, and the club uh, backed me up uh, to a point where uh, I remember after talking to uh, Daniel Levy, he said, we'll put the book in the shops, and I hadn't even brought a line yet. So it was uh, a complete faith in, in what I was doing, uh, even though they knew that they could not uh, take anything out. So it was not, there was, it's not an official book. It's uh, it's it's my book and my vision on 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 Pochettino and what's going on at the club, obviously with his words, but not just his words. So, even though the genre was a bit confusing, uh, and I'm so happy that that's the case because you know you shouldn't make life easy for readers. Hmm. Um, but uh, despite all that, and despite the fact that uh, that, as I say, it's not a, an official book, it was taken like. Uh, how can I call it, an authorized or, 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 or the vision, the, 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 the real insight into what's, what's going on at the club, which, which it is. So as such, uh, fans wanted, uh, were desperate really to find out more about Pochettino because his language skills still with English are, are limited. Um, and I think he plays with it a little bit. So he, he, he creates this this barrier um, between you know between the the, the the journalist and himself, which stops people getting to know him better. So it was a way of uh, of opening up that world. For me, the biggest exercise of all was to tell the story of a manager in the Premier League. Uh, it just happens to be Pochettino. It just happens to be Spurs. But you know how they live and how they suffer and how they relate to people, etc. So that was another another layer of readers uh, that were not necessarily spares 
that were not necessarily just uh, UK based. And then, of course, uh, there was this, I don't know where it all started, but uh, apparently for like about one minute, uh, the book jinxed uh, Spurs season. And, uh, and that, was, that was completely unexpected because it was completely biased reading of what was going on because the, the jinx that happened, no, it wasn't a minute, it was like for a month or so, did not include the Champions League. Uh, so it was it was only uh, the league related, ignoring the fact that actually same results uh, were produced twelve months before around the same air uh, same time. But um, where I started with the line, oh, the book is jinxed uh, Spurs season, that caught so much so that one newspaper that I will never be part of work for, write for, or, or talk to, really, the Sun, uh, managed to put a, a double spread with the cover of the paper and telling that the season was jinxed and given details of the, of the book, uh, which was the uh, the biggest publicity you could you could aspire for. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I, that was something I was, I was going to ask you a bit later, but we've jumped straight to it, so, so why not? But, I mean, how did that feel to you? And uh, did... Did you speak to Mauricio about that? I mean, he obviously, he very publicly defended the book in press conferences around that time. Um, you know, but I, I think there were even Spurs fans who were sort of blaming the book, saying it was bad timing, that the revelations were unsettling the squad. I think anyone kind of vaguely sensible could see that it was probably a lot more to it than just a book. But yeah, what 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 did you think about? Did you think, oh no, what have we done? Or or you know, did he <laughs> did he express any regret to you that, that it had come out at that time? Or has just he picture since? my picture my face with uh, eyes like dishes going on like what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I get I get uh, doctors, lawyers, uh, leaders of the industry coming to me and saying what's happened? You know, this book is jinxed the season. I'm thinking confirmation yet again that as fans. Our brain stops, stops working at 12, so we don't develop. We're just 12-year-olds as fans. <laughs> and, uh, and even the most intelligent of people coming out with that line was like, honestly, are you, are you serious about this? But, um, but of course, yes, it, it allowed the book to be discussed in even more forums. So I think it was mentioned in six press conferences. Uh, in one occasion, one, one very well-known journalist brought the book and started reading from it uh, and quoting from it. Um, eventually, we have to say we had we we, we uh, you know allowed to explain more of how the book worked. For instance, uh, at some point, Pochettino said that he didn't earn one single penny from it, which is true, and the money that uh, that is raised uh, from the publishers has gone to uh, a spare's charity of his choice. Uh, so he was saying, you know, the more you talk about it, the more sales, and uh, just. Before this interview, I had a look at Amazon, and it's the number one uh, football book still. In, uh, so he, he has been he has been the best sold football book of the year. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. So you know it, the whole the whole thing it's uh, it's well beyond uh, anybody's expectations, and it all starts really with the relationship that I, I have with him and the and the trust and and the fact that he. I don't think Mauricio knew very well the editorial market and what he meant to bring a book like that. And I mean, obviously, I was aware, but uh, if we had talked about it in detail of what the repercussions of doing a book like this, I would have told him 
trust me, this is a good thing for you, obviously for me, for the publishers, but for him as well, because he's allowed to tell his story of who he is. And, uh, and it was only after the book was published that his wife told me that um, I've known them for a long while. And uh, his wife told me that 10 years ago when the possibility of writing a book first came up to them, or they started talking about it or somebody offered it to him, uh, both Karina and Mauricio agreed that uh, it would be me doing it. And I had no idea about this. So they kept this secret for 10 years. And when I approached them, they didn't even tell me. But, uh, you know, I didn't need to tell him worry about the... I didn't need to tell him to worry about the what was going to happen next because I thought it was a good thing and I think it's proven to be a good thing for, for him and for the club. I think so. I mean, it's strange, isn't it? Because we often, as fans, and you see in the media, they're saying that players are too mollycoddles, you know, we don't really get an insight into who they are. Um, and then whenever, you know, them as players step out of line on social media, people go crazy. And then here you've got a book that really does show the inner workings and you know, even though it's through the perspective of one man, you've obviously spoken to loads of people at the club, and and now everyone's complaining that there's there's too much information going out publicly. That's uh, the nature of this world, I think. Uh, there is always complaining. I don't mind. I, I'm very proud of uh, of the work I've done because, first and foremost, because the the people that got involved are happy with it as well, and uh, and they didn't know what. What they, what they were getting into. Nobody did. And and I know people that have helped me uh, in different, to give me different angles of Mauricio, to tell me stories. And remember, as, as you just said, uh, it's not just his words, what comes out of there. Uh, they are his words and the players' words. And the, the stories that I get about, uh, or that I tell, or that Mauricio tells through, through uh, you know, in, in his words, uh, about players, they've mostly been told to me by players themselves. So, you know, I've, they've opened up uh, as much as was, I was, you know, I was expecting, and and they've opened up as much as they wanted to. So, uh, I, as a consequence as well, and I will, I'm updating the book, which uh, sh- the update, the, the paperback version, should come out at the beginning of the season. And I went back to talk to some of the players that uh, had to react actively when the book came up. I had spoken already to them, but uh, I just went back to say, you know, what were the consequences? Because you had the likes of Eric Dyer having to do an interview for us on the newspaper as a consequence of the book, because uh, there was a story about him and Mourinho. And uh, and I didn't know, of course, that he was going to do that uh, interview with us on the newspaper. I think it was the Sunday Times. And uh, and when I saw it, I thought, oh, wow, he's going to have to, he's had to explain what he already explained in the book, but because it comes out in Mauricio's words, people don't know that it was him telling me the whole story about him and Eric Dyer and Mourinho. So I messaged him and said, are you okay? He said, no, 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 no problem. We just thought it would would be a good idea to explain that that's in the past, that uh, he has been a very good year for me and that I've learned from the whole of it. Uh, So, so, you know, the, the book comes out, but still branches of it as if it was a tree, just uh, just kept growing on their own, and uh, and it was good to catch up with some of the guys and see what the consequences of uh, of the book were, and all of them, all of them, positive. That's great. So so would that be in the form of a of a kind of foreword or prologue, or or actually sort of embedded into parts of the book or another epilogue, perhaps? I'm not I'm not sure. I haven't decided yet. Uh, I've, I will be talking. I mean, we're presenting, as you know, the the book on. On Friday, and 
I'll be talking. I've already had a couple of long chats with uh, with Mauricio and been in touch with his assistants and so on. So I've got the information. I'll have one last chat with uh, with Mauricio before the presentation, and then I have to decide because I don't want to. I don't think I should be putting in his words. Maybe using the same kind of literary trick. Uh, maybe I should explain what's happened myself uh, as a as an epilogue. It's only, it only has to be, uh, you know, five, six thousand words, so it won't be a lot. And basically, it's what we're saying, plus a little bit more detail on, uh, on, on the consequences of it, because, and I keep this for the book, they all, it all also had a consequence for five, uh, six press conferences, Pochettino talking about the book, results weren't happening. What was in his mind? What was the, the, the feeling uh, of that extra pressure that came to his way, is that did it make him a better coach? Was it something that he didn't need? All that will be uh, will be explained in the book. Okay, um, well, it'd be great to hear. And you mentioned the, the book being launched in Spain. So, why is it why is it being released in Spain now? Did did you always plan to release it over here, or was it just a case of Maurizio being available to promote it? Or was it the popularity? Was it always the plan for there to be a Spanish edition? Well, we, uh, I wrote it in Spanish because uh, I wanted him to read it, uh, and and then when once it was done in English, I edited the English version uh, and I passed bits of it to him so he could feel, uh, he could see if the tone in English was similar to to you know to his tone, and it's impossible to reproduce uh, the tone of somebody whose English is not a hundred percent, but still has to be written as proper English. So so you know it, it was. Not so much a translation as as it was a um, I don't know how to describe it a mixture of translation transcription and 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 making it sound like him. So there was a lot of processes in it, but originally it was done in in Spanish, uh, in Spanish with Argentinian touches because that's that's his Spanish, and uh, and obviously being published by Orion, uh, once it comes out in English, then in the book trade and through the publicity etc you get foreign publishers coming over and, and and wanting to translate it so the spanish one was a they, they contra is the name of the publishers they came straight away they said they wanted to do it it wasn't the only one so there was a little bit of an auction and uh, and eventually we went for them because they 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 look after their their books very well both in terms of the, the, the design of it, but also the promotion of it, and they're doing a great job, uh, including the presentation on Friday, which will be very popular because it's open to the public and media will be there as well, etc. And uh, once once I found out when it was going to be published, and it's today, today got, uh, and I haven't got hold of the book yet because I've just come back from Kiev, but uh, uh, it was just a matter of saying to Mauricio, can you? Can you come over? Are you going to be in Barcelona? He is. He was going to be in Barcelona anyway. He was always going to come to the presentation. We put a date to it, and uh, I think we ha- I have to keep like three rows of of chairs available for the people he's inviting, because he's inviting absolutely everybody. Uh, so it will be um, a good a good day for him. A good day for him to see some of the people that he admires and that he likes, and he's invited over all his staff and the wives. Are coming over as well, and uh, and yeah, it'll be uh, an opportunity to um, to send off the uh, the the season and to celebrate uh, what has been 
you know, for both of us, uh, a fantastic experience. Yeah, looking forward to that. I hope I can fight my way past Mauricio's family to, to get a seat. I may have to get there really early. <laughs> yeah, we may have to stand up at the back. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, so, I mean, given that it was written in Spanish, which makes sense, given that you're both Spanish or Argentinian, it's your native language. So is it possible that this version is actually an even more accurate reflection of Maurizio and, and his thoughts? Certainly the, the content is the same, but uh, it would sound more like him. It would. And, uh, but remember that um, it's not just his own words. So the other words also have to go via the filter of, um, of his tone. So again, there was a, there was extra word to be put in there to make it sound all like him, uh, but still create this this genre of, of, of a biography in the first person. So it still is an artificial product from that point of view, in the sense that uh, I put together a lot of things. They they're all real, uh, but you know he didn't write the, the diary himself. So. In, from that point of view, still is a literary creation, if you like, but the content is completely real and is, uh, you know, it's, 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 as you say, perhaps closer to his, certainly to his voice, because um, the way he speaks, even though he's been, he probably almost feels as Spanish as he feels Argentinian these days, but he's, his accent is still Argentinian, the words he uses are still Argentinian, uh, so you will get a little bit more of that in the, in the Spanish version for sure. Sure. And, and how, do, how do you think it will be received in Spain as, as opposed to how it was in the UK? Not just by sports media and things like that, but also fans of the game in general, Spanish football fans. Basically, the, the first reference I have, uh, because the book has just come out today, but is the interest from the media and it's huge. So we're going to have televisions and newspapers and radios and and press agencies coming over, so uh, and and they want, they of course want to talk to Pochettino, obviously, but they want in all of them, they want both of us, so they want to see what how this thing has come up, and they realised uh, because it, the stories that were coming out in England rebounded into the Spanish press about you know the jinx in the season, but also the success of the book, so they want to hear about the book as well. So from that point of view, the interest uh, should be very very big, bigger than. I'm trying to think, uh, apart from the Johan Cruyff book recently, there, because there is not the same kind of reading culture that you get in England, uh, football books just go a little bit off radar, but this one seems to have caught people's imagination. And of course, the, the fact that Pochettino still is a little bit of a, uh, of a mystery, perhaps a little bit less of a mystery in Spain than in England, but still a little bit of a mystery. Well, uh, all that has, has, has made the, uh, you know, the, the, the product very, very attractive. So in terms of fans, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because, as I said, there is, it will sell less because there is less people reading. But we have entered a new era. And as you live in Spain, you must have seen that, a new era in which the football books are really good, produce, well produced. If they are translated, they're really well translated. They properly looked after. There is more than one publishers that are that are uh, just publishing in them, and uh, they already saw a completely different uh, approach to the Messi book, for instance, that was published by Planeta, which is the biggest uh, publishers in Spain, and that was 2013-14. To the Ronaldo one, which was published last year and already had a much bigger repercussion, 
to this one. So there's more and more readers that are interested about this kind of uh, this kind of books, and uh, and perhaps we've got a really good timing for it now. Yeah, I mean, whenever I speak to people here in Barcelona about Spurs and Pochettino, I think most of them are very complimentary of him. Um, you know, I think his star has risen quite a lot, as you said. Even the Barcelona fans have uh, a lot of respect for what he's doing, in my experience. But, you know, as you, you, you have your finger on the pulse of, of Spanish football and, and everything like that. So how is, how is he viewed now in Spain, generally? If, if people here, do you think, have been quite surprised by his success? Because... You know, he came into Espanol, a, a young manager, and you talk about a lot about this in the book, but, you know, a young, kind of a novice. He did a job of keeping them up, possibly, yeah, through his methods and also that, that kind of, you know, that feeling of passion and belief he installs in his players being his, not his hometown club, but you know, his club. Um, but to go to England and succeed with Southampton and now be pulling off results like beating Madrid 3-1 at home in the Champions League and that kind of thing, has he gone far beyond what you or, or the rest of Spain could have imagined? Well, I think of him and where he was going to go, I'll tell you in a minute, but uh, uh, quite clearly this season he's, he's, he's gone a, a, a floor up, uh, quite clearly. And it's got to do with um, with the results against Real Madrid, it's got to do about what he did in the group stages, it's got to do as well with the, how unlucky he was against Juventus. But also with the fact that he's opened up to the media, that around the, the Madrid games, he gave really good interviews. I remember he gave me, a, well, I, I put together the whole coaching staff, the, the, the ones that have been with him for a while, uh, Tony, Miki, Jesus and him, and that went uh, into the cover of AS. And again, it offered a completely different vision of, of him. So he's not anymore, uh, through these games uh, and through these interviews, he's not anymore the former Espanol manager. Now people have realized uh, of his success in, in England uh, that, you know, the success was, the Southampton era was successful. Already before the Real games, you have to say that he's, he's punching above his weight with, with Spurs, but he hadn't caught people's interest because he's still the Premier League and, and you know, the, the, perhaps he's not seen as a Spanish coach, etc. But this season he's gone to another level, certainly. And he's comfortable there, that's interesting. And, uh, and also he's seen as somebody that belongs there. So the rumours about Barcelona wanted him uh, were based on Bartomeu's relationship with him. They've known each other for a long while, their kids went to school together, etc. Uh, but he doesn't go any further than that. I mean, there's, there's an admiration towards him, but of course he's very close to Espanol. Uh, but it's quite clear that Florentino Perez sees him as a potential Real Madrid manager. And uh, and that that's something that, uh, you know, you, you just sense, but you get told as well, which means that uh, his name will be linked to Real Madrid until he eventually, in a few years' time or whatever, goes to Real Madrid which means as well that uh, catches people interest and then they want to know more. And I'm pretty sure that uh, the fact that television uh, television cameras will be there on Friday, uh, as well as radio and newspapers, uh, it's, it's, it's down to the fact that that is, you know, is, is, a, is a, a lister. Uh, and in terms of what I thought where he was going to go, I remember having a conversation with him over lunch while he was an Espanol, and uh, and I said to him, no, he asked me, how do you picture my my career going? And I said, well, 
you know, you stay with us for like five, six years as being Espanol. And you take us to the Champions League, perhaps we win a cup, and of course you will be taken away by Atletico Madrid or somebody like that, or in Europe, and then you you win the league with them, and then uh, and then you know maybe one of the big ones from Spain will do so as well, but get you in a, uh, but eventually you come to Espanol, and then you take us to the Champions League again because that's you know that's an Espanol fan talking there, hmm. and uh, he thought, well, what a mediocre career you think I'm going to have then, and and then I realised the ambition. I realized the ambition, I realized, you know, he was talking about the biggest uh, and to be at the top. And of course, a couple of years after arriving into the scene, you didn't, you, you don't see that unless you get to know him. And that was a little bit of a sign of uh, of somebody that wanted to get to the top and and had the energy and the wish to do so. And, and I think he's, he's, certainly, he's certainly there now. That's really interesting because, you know, when... He's been asked about trophies like the FA Cup, the League Cup in England. He's sort of dismissed them a little bit. I'm sure privately, and you know better than, than any of us would, but he, he really wants to win something, anything, mostly for these players because they deserve it. But, you know, he says, you know, I, I want to win the Premier League. I want to win the Champions League. Now, he's speaking to a fan base that, has, that is success-starved. And, you know, maybe we don't really believe as much as he does um, deep down. Uh, there's there's a kind of a beautiful naivety in in him, isn't there? Like, I mean, he he believes it so much, and and who would dare to doubt him? But do you think maybe he just he needs to just try and go all in on a league cup or an FA Cup just to get that one trophy, just to get people off his back? Just listen to yourself. So, what did you say? You want a league cup? Is that what you said? I didn't say I want a league cup. I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> personally, I'm I'm with Maurizio on this one, but he does get you know this question when's the trophies coming and saying I want to win the Premier League win the Champions League with Tottenham I don't know how things, it is different things Andy winning winning a title and the process of winning different things so uh, you know any title is, is a good thing but uh, I, I think he, he told me that when he when he first came in people were saying uh, we're playing West Ham next you know we have to beat them because we want to be better than West Ham and he's like what? <laughs> West Ham, uh, you know, I, we have to be better, better than anybody in the league. And people were like, "Yeah, well, you know, you know." And then you end up ahead of Arsenal, and it's like, "Oh my God!" You know, celebrate like a welcome. Just we just finished ahead of Arsenal, but we're still not gone to the top. So he, um, you have to listen to him, and you have to go with him into that. Uh, that ambition that, that that will bring the club to another level, and he's bringing the club to another level, a stability that nobody knows in this Premier League in the last three, three, four years, the most stable club around. But, uh, you know, the next step will be, yes, Champions League or, or the league, and why not believe in that? And it's it's important to get there, to believe that you can do it, both the, the, the fans and the club. But... How you get there and the process of winning is a different one. Uh, you know, the ambition is there, but can the club maintain the or keep growing? Keep, can they keep growing? Can they have the finances for it? Can they be breaking up the, in the market to uh, to actually get the players that can get you there? That's a different thing because, um, and if you're asking for him to be more realistic and to base his ambition more in what he sees, that would be. That would uh, uh, that would slow things down, because just letting go, letting go on that on that ride that he wants to take you, and uh, but let's make sure that the club follows as well, 
because if it doesn't, then then that can only finish in a you know in a split. That uh, can only finish in 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 and the club and him talking different languages. But right now, there's nothing to stop you dreaming that uh, the Champions League or the league is what you should aim for because you are close enough. It's I love it, Guillaume. Yeah. The game's about glory, is what they say at Tottenham. Well, yes, but but it's been too many years of thinking either we're not good enough or we cannot get that far or leaving five, ten minutes before the end of a game. I don't understand that. Uh, and I see that at Spurs a lot. People just leaving, you know, when, in the semi-final of the FA Cup. Um, I don't know. Have you ever tried to get back from Wembley on public transport? <laughs> I have. A lot of the yeah, time. No, I, I agree. With you. I, I've, I've only left the game early once and we were... And, and I missed a goal. Luckily, it was the fifth goal Chelsea scored against us. So I wasn't too bothered <laughs> about it. But, yeah, um, but I know, you know, what, I know what you mean. Yeah, you, you know, got to stay to the end, win or lose. Yes. Well, not 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 so much about faith with the club. It's just that you know that I think Spurs have, have shown you enough times that that there is more to them than 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 you know a losing side or a side that just gets to the semi-finals and that's enough. But then you analyse why they lose against Chelsea in the semi-finals in the FA Cup or Manchester United or whatever, and and you see that there is still more to be done. There's still better players needed. There's still better better uh, better better decisions being taken, uh, and that's I think where he wants to push the the club towards. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Madrid links earlier. Now, obviously, he's just signed a new five-year contract at the club, which was which is fantastic. I think everyone's delighted with that. But at the end of the season, there was a very interesting moment in the press conference where he, he kind of broke ranks a little bit and sent a public message, where well, it appears to be a public message to the hierarchy of the club saying that you know he needed backing. He, he made this phrase like, either me or someone else. He put a little bit of uncertainty in there. He talked about saying that we, we need a new project, um, which was quite interesting. And actually, in, in the book, I just wanted to... There's a passage in the epilogue from Daniel Levy, which I'll, I'll just read quickly, if you don't mind. Go on. But it says, We haven't really discussed the money that is available. It's not a secret. It will eventually be between Maurizio and me. We wouldn't go public on it. Maurizio is very aware that, firstly, we've got a huge capital project that we're embarking on. For two seasons, we have been competing for the title but it's unlikely that we can improve our starting eleven without spending a huge sum of money. And actually, I don't think that either I or Maurizio want to be in that model. It's a huge responsibility. We're a big club, but it's run as a proper club. We are self-sufficient. If we make a £60 million investment in a player, that means somebody else is going to be affected in our starting eleven. And if we make a mistake, it's very costly. So that was Levy's words at the end of your book. And now, you know... There's a lot of call now for the for the chairman to back the manager moving into the new stadium. So, what do you think has changed since then, knowing Pochettino as you do, and having had access to the inner sanctum, not just to him but to all the staff and to Daniel Levy himself? I just think that nobody should take anything for granted, and uh, and that that is perhaps where his words come from, to to the club and and outside the club. Uh, I mean. The, some of the things that I was hearing uh, from outside the club in terms of what how the season had gone, or, or you know, or that now he needs to win trophies and and the next step will be to you know to win the league or whatever. Uh, and you think, well, uh, yes, people have taken it for granted, or people realise that uh, you know Spurs, or have forgotten that Spurs are pushing above the weight, big time, 
big, big time. And I know stats come up in terms of uh, wages paid by uh, to players or net spending, and it puts Spurs in sixth or seventh or eighth or whatever. And and people may not take notice of it, but that is the thing that makes you go further up in the table, money. And you know, if you look at the uh, at this season that's just finishing, it was like playing away the whole season. It's not. It wasn't home. It wasn't by her lane. It will be next season. But this one was about: can we just maintain the level while while we are not at home? And it has happened. So, yet again, in my eyes, another massive, not big, not 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 just success, a huge success. But the way people are talking is like, oh well, you know, this is the man who doesn't win anything, and 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 a lot of things also disappointing words from some Spurs fans thinking, mm, yeah, okay, that was all right, but uh, we didn't get, you know, far enough in the championship, whatever. You are punching above your weight. Uh, and I know it's not sexy to consider uh, a little bit of thinking beyond a 12-year-old, but uh, but maybe maybe some people should, both inside the club and outside the club. And I think that was a warning sign to say, look, uh, we are doing our best here and we are coming up with uh, with results that people may not expect, uh, of course we have to push on, and that's that's what he wants to do. But uh, decisions have to be again brave and and early enough so they beat everybody in the market. And perhaps I don't know, maybe maybe time has been wasted already. So we will see soon when they start, you know, going for the targets that they want in the in the transfer market and improving that eleven that uh, Danny Levy was talking about. Yeah, so it's it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy when uh, when when you do the same kind of ex- excellent results for three years and uh, and and people start stop looking at the context of it. I 100% agree with you. I've got a very annoying Manchester United supporting mate who likes to remind me of the lack of trophies and just you know when you're spending 120 million or whatever it was on Paul Pogba and you know look at City's bench is worth more than most countries I think let alone football teams so that's the kind of competition we have and he's done an amazing job with the resources he's been given we're not paupers but we're not Man City levels um, so you know he's, he's been brilliant I think most sensible Spurs fans will continue to back him um, so I wanted to know actually if, like you know, given your relationship with Pochettino and having been embedded within Tottenham in the time of writing the book are you a bit of a Spurs fan now? <laughs> uh, I'm a fan of the of the, I'm, I'm a fan of the process, and I'm a fan of of his work. There's no doubt about that. Uh, it's difficult to change loyalties when when you when I've been a fan of another club for so many decades now. But uh, but I I do like the people of the club a lot. Uh, I do like the people at the media department, uh, the directors there, the people at the academy, the the, the coaching staff. I, I have a, a sense of. Um, of invasion for sure because I don't belong there but at the same time uh, it's 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 kind of uh, I'm, I'm treated very well despite the fact that I'm invading their, their space so uh, I will always appreciate that and it's only a football club it's only a football club I understand that of course you have to protect the football club and you have to protect the uh, everything that's going on there but at the same time it's only a football club you sometimes go to football clubs uh, of the highest caliber and they feel so precious about what they're doing and and they put so many barriers between the fans and and uh, and themselves, and and they think that they are absolutely special. And uh, and it's only a football club. I run a football club. For me, it's the most special football club in the world, bar none. 
but I don't see that uh, th- there is, of course, areas that that you have to not give access. That's quite clear. But the rest, you know, you just want to explain what you're doing. You, obviously, you're talking about completely different levels. But what I mean is that, uh, you know, nobody's that, that, that special. And uh, and if you are humble enough about what you're doing and if you... If you um, if you come from the kind of way of thinking that um, that you get in in Spain, for instance, where you're happy to show, you're happy to teach, then uh, then the relationships with the media, with the fans, just become better. I think Spurs have got it spot on in terms of uh, how to open up, uh, how much to open up, and uh, and the book, I guess, is is, is part of, of that process, even though it was kind of imposed on them because it wasn't their idea. But they accepted that uh, that you have to open a window for fans to to see what's going on and to see the work that the work that's behind. So then our result doesn't become something that you can um, you can use to insult a player, but you can understand it as part of of that process. And I think that's what makes your book so brilliant. So I think we can start to wrap up. Um, so the Spanish version is obviously out now if anyone is listening in Spain or speaks Spanish and wants to check that out um, published by Contra you said yes and, and you said there's a new uh, updated UK edition on its way what was the date of that if you want to plug that yeah it'll be, uh, it'll be sometime in uh, uh, late August beginning of September so uh, I hope to write it next week and uh, he will just give you uh, either through his words or my words, I haven't decided yet, uh, a vision of what's happened this season, including uh, what's behind his words uh, in the last few press conferences. Fantastic. I've got one last question. Just, you know, Finally, I'm speaking to one of Spain's most notable football writers and pundits. I can't let you go without talking about the Champions League final. Real Madrid won again, of course. But I think the biggest question coming off the back of that result is Bale going to come back to Tottenham? No. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think we, we, we're we all in the agreement that you, sh- you shouldn't fight against your own shadow. So whatever you've been, uh, you know, you, you have to move on. You have to move on. And uh, and, and he's he's at a different level right now. He's, he's at Real Madrid. You're asking to go from Real Madrid to, to a team that's, that has been fighting for third place in the, cha- in, in the Premier League. And that is a big jump. Uh, Real Madrid, best club in the world. There's, there's no doubt about that because of the glamour, the success. Uh, and, you know, Gareth Bale is at the peak of his powers. Uh, he, I think he will stay. And uh, and that's probably the most logical well, come on, Gabe. outcome. He'll, he'll get to play with Musa Sissoko. Uh, I was going to say that and Dembele, but who knows if Dembele <laughs> will be there next season. But... Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you, you had uh, Gareth Bale already. Uh, you should be looking for aiming for some somewhere else. What a play it was! All right, well, thanks very much, Guillaume. I'll leave it there. Okay, James. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. 
Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.